Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. We're broadcasting live from the Adafruit headquarters in downtown Manhattan. Uh, the factory behind us is where we do all the kidding, shipping, making, hacking, videoing, tutorialing, uh, cookie baking, and more. Uh, we got a fun-filled, packed show. Thanks to JP for picking up show and tell. It's always a good time when he's hosting. But right now it's me and Mr. Lady Ada uh, wearing Adafruit Black. We're nice and goth and cozy. Why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is VEML. 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 Yeah, VEML. VEML. 10% off the native store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Use it for anything we have in stock. We'll talk about our Adafruit live series of shows, including some things that Lady Ada did during the week this week on other shows Ooh. and more happy anniversary to the folks at tom's hardware talk about that in a bit show and tell people around the world showing and sharing things thank you again jp time travel and within time travel Ooh. we're going to kind of do a new segment called retro tech because there's enough of it from the mailbag we'll read your letters to us made in york city factory footage 3d printing everyone's favorite segment eye on npi new products Top secret, we'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, where all 33,000 of us hang out just about 24-7, where we answer your questions, share our projects, and more. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Sweet. Okay, so, uh, Lady Ada, let's first uh, pay some bills here, because uh, things are expensive. Um, that's the code. Uh, you could save money as you support an open source mm -hmm. hardware company here in New York City. Correct. But you also get free stuff at the yes, same time. Yes, that's right. You get $99 or more. You get free UPS. Uh, sorry, $99 or more, you get a free Promoproto half-size breadboard. $149 or more, you get a uh, selection of one of our many uh, STEM IQT sensors. We've got a variety of boards and devices. Um, when you place your order, uh, we'll give you a different one each time if you make an account. So make an account. Uh, and then uh, $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's trackable. It's insured. It's the good type of shipping. So um, order from Adafruit and you'll get all that stuff for free. Okay. Um, it's part of our live series of shows that we do every single week that we like to talk about. But this week, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit because you did a special talk this week with Pi Maroney. Yeah, at uh, Tom's Hardware. So they had the 10th anniversary of their PiCast, Raspberry PiCast. What did you talk about on the show? It's available on their YouTube channel, all the social video property channels and all that. But what did you talk about this week? It was like a fun-filled 30, 40 minutes. Um, I was joined uh, by Pi Maroney. So we're, we're, you know, two companies that have been um, developing so much hardware and software and tutorials for the Raspberry Pi. And we just talk, talked about the experience. Pardon me. The experience we've had over the last 10 years, um, stuff we've learned, um, you know, things that we've seen people in the community build, our favorite products and projects. Uh, and it was like, you know, kind of a good reminiscence. It was, um, uh, you know, it's been 10 years um, thinking back on, you know, when we first got our first Raspberry Pi and played with it and how single board computers have really changed um, the maker landscape. Um, you know, it's cool because every time people are like, oh, making is dead, you know, the parts are too small, you can't solder them. Um, humans are so innovative and we just come up with a new way to uh, build stuff and be creative and hack on hardware. And I think uh, Raspberry Pi is a big part of that. And Pimeroni and Adafruit have together, I think, uh, contributed so much to the communities uh, yeah. in order to make it possible. I think one of the things um, 
that I took away from watching the video is building electronics has evolved a lot and um, some companies and some folks don't like that. They don't like the new people coming in. They don't like mm. the new things happening. Um, there's now scripting languages on microcontrollers. There's a lot of people that are plugging in things because you can't really use a soldering iron. Um, just like you can't have a chemistry set yeah. in a lot of schools. And so we had, to, we had to adapt. We have like STEM QT connectors, we have Python. And um, I thought it was neat to see like Pimeroni because they've, they've always evolved as things have happened. Um, and it was neat, the analogy that we always like to use and you use it again is like, we're skateboarders kind of showing tricks. Yeah. It's like, here's a trick that we're doing, here's a trick that you're doing, here's a trick that you're doing, here's a trick that we're doing. And we're building off of it over and over and over again. And I think that's very different um, in, with other companies in the like electronic space where it's uh, knives out, I want to stab you over and over where I think like Adafruit and Pimeroni were always like, hey, that's a pretty, that's a cool idea. That's a cool trick. Yeah, we, we build on each other's yeah. successes. Like there's definitely parts that I'll use and then I see it in their designs um, and then there's parts that they use and I'm like, ooh, that's cool and I'll use it in my designs. Yeah. Um, you know, we have similar stuff, but we don't have you know, there's not that much overlap. You know, like they have the Picade, that's their, you know, the product they're most proud of. We don't have anything like the Picade. I don't want to. Well, even like, if we did, why? even we if did. we did, I think that would be fine. Just like there's, there, yeah. there is similar products and that's okay. And I, I don't understand why um, in the tech communities in particular, folks can be so close but there's like one tiny thing like, oh, you chose a different license, so therefore you're the enemy for life now. Mm -hmm. And like we're, everyone is, it's so close. I think we'd be a more powerful group of people if we didn't let those little things. So it was good to see you and Pimeroni because yeah. uh, we've always been um, tight with them. Yeah. And uh, I think it's neat to see these companies flourish and adapt to what I, customers want. I too. know. We're in, it's a totally different world, you know. And I, I got a I, box of electronics of companies mm -hmm. that are like, Oh, nope, we're always going to do solder stuff. We're always yeah. going to do blah, blah, blah. Or it's blah. only Arduino. And it's like, yeah. thankfully, now there's like multiple options. So that was a cool show. Cool and show. Go watch it. 30 minutes. Yeah. I got to be not on camera. Put it on one. double speed and you can be done in 15. <laughs> um, so next up, show and tell. JP did show and tell. Watch it. Um, Sesselton stuff. Yeah. I, I caught uh, just one little piece in the beginning and then at the end. So it was uh, uh, like bookends of joy. I saw Jay's, uh, I think Jay was working on some cool shoe things, and then uh, Liz's music project. Um, on Sundays, we do Desk of Lady Ada. Lady Ada, what was on the Desk of Lady Ada this week? Mm. Okay, this week I showed off some testers. I've been just cranking through some new designs. Um, people have been asking about the Cutie Pie ESP32, and it's it's happening, slowly but surely. I got a couple displays, got a couple sensors, got uh, camera modules. So, um, you know, uh, Lunar New Year's over. Um, a lot of silicon parts that we had booked about a year ago are finally coming in. So you're going to see some kind of old yeah. stuff, uh, you know, come back to life. And we got the great search. Where's that part that you need? What was it? Okay, what was it this time? I think oh, you were looking at a power thing. It was a power thing. So I'm going to be working with the Apple II disk um, drive. And the Apple II disk drive is kind of interesting because um, it's, it's a shoe guard drive, standard five and a quarter inch floppy drive, but they kind of gutted a bunch of things to make it less expensive. And then they did with the controller themselves. Um, and so you have like a much, much finer control over the low level hardware. Um, but the trade-off is um, you need a little bit more power supplies because they like do this um, biasing for um, like the thing, the magnetic read head. And so I need a negative 12 volt uh, bias voltage. And even though I've shown buck and boost converters, I haven't shown yet 
a uh, inverter power supply search. So I found one and I ordered it and uh, hopefully it'll work out for uh, biasing this Apple II drive. Okay, cool. Uh, JP's product pick is every Tuesday where we broadcast live inside the product page. Here's this week's highlight. Oh yeah, that's the product pick of the week right there. The CP2102N Friend. It's a USB to serial breakout conversion board. Lady Ada said, why don't you build a breadboard Arduino? In order to program this, this is plugged in over USB-C and then transmit and receive to the Arduino. To upload this, I have Arduino configured to think it's sending out to a Due Milanove, but it's actually sending USB to my CP2102N friend, which is then sending over serial to the chip here to program it. So I'll hit upload in Arduino, and then I'll hit reset once it starts to upload. That helps it. And you'll see it very quickly flashes the board. It's already done, and now my LED is blinking at that sort of one second rate. The CP2102N friend USB to serial converter. Okay, and then on Thursdays we have JP's workshop where we do a circuit Python parsec. And this week I have it lined up because I thought it was a good one, and it's exactly like the two minute mark, so I'm gonna do it this week. Here we go, here's a recap. For this week's CircuitPython Parsec, I want to show how you can use the CircuitPython audio mixer in order to crossfade between two audio files as they are playing. Here you can see I am importing audio core as well as audio mixer, and then the audio I.O. I'm getting audio out so that I can send audio over one of the pins on this board. I'm setting up the number of voices here as two, and then my mixer has a, in this case, a two voice count. Uh, it sets the sample rate, the channel count, bits per sample, and then we set up the audio mixer and play that object. Then we're setting up two voices, voice zero and voice one, and setting their levels. So this is the kind of key to using the mixer. Mixer.voice zero level, and I'm setting that at one. So the first voice or first wave file will be at full volume. Voice one, that's the second one, that'll be off. So here I have these two samples. One is a drum loop and one is a synthesizer loop. So we start them playing and they, they're told to loop forever, but we're only gonna hear the first one because of the mixer. Then throughout the code, what we do is gradually fade one up while we fade the other one down and then reverse it. So we'll hear those come in and out. So what I'm gonna do is set this to playing and you should hear and see in my uh, serial output what's going on. the synths. Gonna play for a second at full volume. And then the drums. So you can see that's a really cool way to have some synced up loops that are playing and just bring in the ones you want without having to worry about resetting them or timing them to start at an exact moment. And that is how you can use the audio mixer inside of CircuitPython. That's your CircuitPython Parsec. Okay, and then on Fridays we have Deep Dive with Scott. Tune in for all the developments, real-time updates, and everything we're working on in the world of CircuitPython. 
All right, so time travel. We got a bunch of news, and then we're going to do a uh, segment. We'll see. If folks like it. We'll uh, we'll continue to do the segment going forward. Uh, in time travel, however, first up, uh, special thanks to everyone. Five thousand people are using our uh, Adafruit Reddit. Ooh. Uh, Who would have thought? Yeah. And uh, you know, I'll say the quality of Reddit has gone up, not yes. down over the years. It's amazing. Which uh, I, I'm always cautiously optimistic, but there was times when you know, some online communities, when there's not moderation, when there isn't folks paying attention to what's going on, um, you know, it was a little scary for a little bit. This was a few years ago. Uh, but Reddit is a good community, and I, I'll even say it's getting harder and harder to find things on Google. So sometimes I hit Reddit, and I try to search for something that I'm looking for because someone else is probably... It's almost like Yahoo back in the day where there's yeah. like human curators. There is a lot of... There, the moderators can do a good job, and I think Reddit has done a good job of... Um, They've cleared out a lot of the really bad subreddits, and I think not only did they clear them out, but it sent a signal to people, hey, this kind of behavior is not appropriate here. We don't want it. Go elsewhere. Go to 4chan. Yeah. And so I think well, Reddit's And improved. I think the community there had something to lose, which is, like, they spent a lot of time building a community together, and, like, one or two people can, like, literally one or two people yeah, can come can really in. Yeah, and ruin it. And so um, I think people care more, especially over the last couple of years, about their online communities mm -hmm. because a lot of people, that's all they had. Yeah. And so um, anyways, thanks for supporting us over there. And uh, we'll continue to try to do more stuff um, in the world of Reddit, too. Adabox. So we are full as far as number of people that can get an Adabox, which we'll be shipping out in our seasonal delivery now. Um, it's going to be like, you know, winter, winter. It'll be, late, cold. Late, it'll be kind of cold out. Late, technic <laughs> technically, it's still winter somewhere. Um, it'll still be cold out somewhere. Um, and uh, I think that um, we should be able to give some more specific updates soon. Um, but it is really tough with uh, the supply chain going on and just how the things are slowing up all over the place. Um, I think everyone, I think people are more um, understanding because everything in their life takes longer, slower, more expensive. Yeah. So anywho, we'll have some more updates. But what you can do is I do think there'll be some churn. There's some people will be like, oh, you know, if it doesn't come out by, you know, next week, I, I'm going to cancel for now and I'll sign up later. So sign up now and you'll get notified when there's openings on adabox.com. Um, also, in our world of time travel, we do a little bit of mailbag stuff. Packet's back. Hey, Packet. Yeah, people send us nice emails all the time, and I have to yes. remember to read those. I, I have to read the mean ones, um, but I can also read the nice ones. Um, so this week, Dear Adafruit, your fast shipping and full-color paperwork with PO printout made it easy for my bookkeeper. She's happy, so my thank you. I appreciate help with getting this order to go through in the first place. Thanks again. I hope my students built something useful. Sincerely, Rob. Okay, Go thanks, on. Rob. And I'm glad your bookkeeper's happy. Yeah, all right. It's retro tech time. Um, so we need a song, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> beep, beep, boop, beep, retro yeah, tech. I might, yeah, I, mean, I, I have some uh, music stuff I'm working on, yeah. um, but I just ran out of time. Um, so this is the logo, but I, do, I did want to kind of go through the other logos. And, um, you know, the one thing about like logos and advertising, which is good, is everyone has opinions. Not everyone is a computer scientist. Not everyone is an engineer. And so sometimes there's opinions about that stuff, and, and they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But it, with this, everyone knows logos. Everyone knows advertising. Everyone more. is in, in, inundated with logos. Yeah. So I, I always think it's fun to, to share some of the stuff. And just because we didn't choose one doesn't mean we don't like it. It's just like someone has to eventually make a decision. So this was one of the ones we were playing around with. Yeah. And this one. 
And then we uh, kind of settled on this one. It has kind of like a, you know, Nintendo-y look, you know. It's a little Commodore 64, like, yeah. line. the lines is kind of what did it for me here. Yeah. Three lines was very futuristic. Like, not two, not four, three. Yeah. So, you know, it has that, it has that like, Nintendo power look. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So uh, I showed a preview of, uh, in celebration of this retro stuff that we're doing, of some cookies. But these cookies are done. And uh, we ate them. Um, so here's a cassette tape cookie. See some different ones. Here's a floppy cookie. Um, we have some folks that are very skilled bakers. This is from Priscilla uh, at our team. We have some skull cookies, of course, because that's that's Adafruit. And uh, we wanted to I like the frosting. Yeah, nice. Like nice frosted nice treats. Nice frosted treats. Yeah, and then um, Sam was kind enough to uh, do the photo shoot with us because we wanted to show. Uh, the, Size of cookie in human hand. <laughs> so this cookie, is cookie to scale. So this is Sam, and yes, the, the, it is a requirement for everyone to have pink hair and uh, dress in black and eat fruit. And so then, other bits of retro tech that we had is um, I was posting this around. This is a this is a belt, mm. and uh, I did the photo shoot for this one. And this is my belt that I'll be wearing. It's a little push to uh, reject uh, it thing. Glows. It glows. It lights up and it glows. So this will be cool for. Uh, I'll probably wear this at uh, Hope <laughs> in July. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, where else are you gonna wear like a, a thing like this? Well, we could go to the the retro. Um, we can like go to a retro computer. You can go to Barcade. Yeah. I don't think they'll give you a free drink, but I do think a lot of people try to push your belt buckle. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and then. Uh, we did a, a time lapse of you putting together this really neat uh, clear Apple mm. um, case yeah. for your Apple Drive. So let's play that. And you can see what it looks like here. Um, we'll have we'll have more of it shortly. And then um, different Mac effects. In yeah. Case you, in case people are wondering, Mac effects makes really awesome clear Mac and Apple cases. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to show the video that uh, Jepler did of this really cool floppy thing. And then um, I got another video of a retro thing we're working on. So this is uh, a pretty pretty big segment that we're thinking of yeah. doing because we had a lot of retro stuff. You came out like strong. Yes, cookies. Hello and happy weekend. I have borrowed a friend's Commodore SX64, the world's first color portable computer. And I have been working on rewriting Commodore 64 floppies. This one I rewrote with genuine Grease Weasel hardware. And let's load it up. We're using the Epix fast load cartridge for much faster loading, so hopefully things will uh, get going within the span of this short demo. So with Grease Weasel, you can write data back from a D64 cracked format floppy and then stick it in genuine hardware and load it. And here is one of my favorite games for Commodore 64 Archon from Electronic Arts. Get a load of that. So uh, as far as I can tell, it is playable and works, but uh, what we're seeing is that a large number of retries are needed when writing the floppies. More to come. Okay, next up is an example of why we're doing some of this retro tech stuff. So um, if you look around your home and kind of everywhere, there's these dark 
rectangles that do nothing when they're off. Or they're, um, or they'll just be on like a television station, like news or something like that. It's just bad. And they're not, and the, the news ain't great, ain't good at all. And so we were thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have something that could plug into like any TV that could just display art? And maybe you would code it with Python, and it would make like neat little patterns. And then back in the day, there was these um, music visualizers, and believe it or not, Atari made one. And uh, it's, it's this like wood box <laughs> and it was the Atari video music player. And uh, we got one and we have to repair it and fix it. And here's a video of, uh, this is the very start of this. I think this was from last night, right? Or maybe this is yeah. two nights ago. It's all a blur. I know. Hey, Data, what is this? You are in a dimension of time and space and Atari video music. So you picked up this Atari video music uh, device. It's kind of a cool video synth. Um, I found a fun tweet with a little circuit that lets me get the composite video out. So you can see the composite here on the scope, some nice NTSC type signal. Got a little AV to HDMI converter here into an HDMI monitor. And then you're making some I'm cool, making some music. cool tunes. You want to show the monitor yeah, while I tweak? Yeah, why don't you tweak So yeah, yeah there's different settings. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's good on here. And change the color. And the controls display. Oh, how many? One, four? How many? Two? One. Mm -hmm. Two? Two. Scan right. Gain. Yeah, we're making like cool video music and stuff. Okay, and then last up for Retro Tech this week is another reason we've been doing this is not everything needs to be designed to be a square or rectangle that is sealed up. So uh, one of the things that we're doing is, um, well, we know that people use our stuff for prototyping mm -hmm. um, or they'll use it in like straight up products. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is show a little bit of the past <gasps> with a um, kind of a fun that, glimpse of the future. Is that a toodaloop? This is a toodaloop. Oh, yeah, a toodaloop. This is a Panasonic uh, transistor radio. Would you like me to show the toodaloop? Yeah, from 1972. Um, so one little note, the packaging, not a square box. Um, it's round. There's artwork on the cover. It's a um, loop. Let's, let's look oh, at the Oh, dude, cover. look at this art. This yeah. is a thing. Yeah. This we is, do not this, do art like this This is a thing. badge that you could get, Toodaloop by Panasonic. So Panasonic, they're a cool company. They used to be even trippier. And so you can see that this definitely has like yellow submarine yeah. like and vibes to it. Yeah. And uh, here's a poster of some of the many things. It's like if you looked at this, would you say this is like Panasonic? Maybe, maybe not. And so the one I'm going to show. Can you believe what we used to have? Okay. Like, I will look at that. Is that yeah. the no? That's the Toodaloop. Yeah. yeah. That that is pretty sweet. Yeah. So let's uh, unbox the Toodaloop. Really? Yeah. We're going to we unbox ready it live. For yeah. This? I'm gonna box it live. And I, I think one of the things that we could all do is uh, learn a lot from the past. And now everything is a lot smaller, so you can do a lot more. So this is a radio. You can kind of wear it around your so wrist. So the idea you is you wore it on your wrist? You could if you wanted to. Okay. So you can oh, wear it around oh your wrist. Oh my God, that's yeah. so fashionable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, half purse, half bracelet. Yeah, and then let's, uh, let's show this on the overhead real quick. Mm -hmm. And here you go. Uh, okay, can... first off, it's got this beautiful metal badge. Gorgeous. And this is the dial. I mean, look at that font. Look at that, JP. You're, I hope you're watching because yeah. you just love this and, stuff. Uh, 
Oh, but wait, there's more. And then this closes, and then this is the tuner and yeah. volume. So we're going to... Panasonic. You're probably wondering. Oh. So this is from 1972, and uh, does it still work? Well, yeah, of course it does. So. And you know it's... So I can listen to the Olympics right now. I can't believe we're in fourth place. Yeah. And so... So, you know, a lot of neat things about this. It still works. Really neat design. Kind of beautiful. Um, if you put this on a shelf, someone will say, oh, what's that cool-looking thing over there? And this was just a transistor radio. And, and now with all this space and batteries and all the things that we can do, um, it could be a wearable, it could be all sorts of stuff. So I will challenge all of us to design things like this that still look cool, you know, 50, almost 50 years later. This is very cool. This yeah, is this Panasonic. is a beautiful design. Yeah. I can imagine this being something like a shower, Bluetooth shower radio Ooh, now. You want to like tote it. Okay, like, oh, yeah, I'm could carrying be a purse. This. Lots of things it could be. All right. Yeah, I like the ergonomics of it. Not a lot of stuff is rounded these and that's days. That's retro and hardware. Okay, well, folks, a loop. yeah, so we'll, we'll have some really great photos of all this stuff um, that we'll put on our sites that we like to do now. Um, and hopefully it'll inspire folks to uh, think outside the box, as they say. I mean, I really mean it this time. Things think outside the square. Yeah. Yeah, toodle loop. Toodle loop. Great name, too. Yep. Okay, uh, let's keep going. It's Python on hardware time. Okay, this week on the Python on Hardware newsletter, by the way, please sign up on adafruitdaily.com. Uh, we deliver this newsletter to you every single week. We don't spam. We don't do anything like that. Go to Adafruit Daily. I think we got about 9,000 subscribers. I think it's the most popular Python on Hardware newsletter right now. Um, I think it's the only one. Um, we have 500 total, actually more than 500 total certifications. It's way more than 500 yeah. now. But we like to celebrate the yeah. big numbers. So um, Adafruit got to 500 first, and we have 500. So right now, um, we're currently the most certified open source hardware company. Why do we do it? Well, it just uh, you could talk the talk and say, we love open source. We like to be open. But um, if you just uh, put your files up and put a license on it and then um, use their little certification thing, um, you can have your hardware certified. So I think it's an easy, good thing to do. Um, why do we do it? Um, I'll be straight up. Um, there's a lot of people who say they do open source and they don't. They don't. And so for us, it's like, well, here's, a, here's at least a group. Here's a way that m people who do this agree that it's open source. I, you know, I think it's good to show also a lot of people say like, oh, well, you know, I was going to open source it, but after I recoup my investment and if the business is successful. But I want to show like Adafruit, I think a lot of people can say is, is a successful business. Um, we employ a lot of people. We do we, we do right by them. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were in a meeting with an open source company and they said, uh, well, we're not going to be open source until we recoup our money. And it's just like, well, imagine. But what if, is that? What is that? Like, imagine if we did that. Like, when will we recoup the investment of Adafruit? Well, never. Never, like, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's your, it's, there's, there's always something, right? Yeah. So I think it's good to show you can have, be a successful business and do open source hardware. These are actually two separate things that don't. You can be open source and not have a successful business. You can yeah. be successful and not do open source, but you can do both. It is so, possible. 
The other reason we did it mm -hmm. is um, we want people to build off of our hardware and make their own devices and own businesses. And that's why there's a flourishing CircuitPython community. There's more CircuitPython boards from other companies than Adafruit. Yes, easily. Um, in fact, tonight, one of the things I'm going to share is there's a CircuitPython show. It's nothing to do with Adafruit. I, had no, I didn't yeah. have to organize it. Um, so our CircuitPython 720 Alpha 2 is released. Um, there is some beta stuff that you can play around with Raspberry Pi. I think the cool thing that you mentioned on the show that you did um, was Raspberry Pi also stood for Python. It did. Yeah. It does. Sorry. Yeah. The no, that's pi, cool. The pi spelled P-I, but it actually stands for Python. And, yeah. and that was a big thing that pushed us towards CircuitPython, Blinka, having Python as being the next step up. Because, you know, we wanted to have an interpreted language. And, and I'll be honest, like, I didn't really, I was, I, I coded in Perl, and I coded a little bit in Lua, and I coded in Tickle. And Python wasn't like a big thing for me, but, um, but this kind of cemented it. It's like, okay, the Raspberry Pi is going with Python as their official library, as it, it, you know, um, official interpreted language, let's do it. Yeah. And it's working out. Um, there's some benchmarks, 32-bit versus 64-bit for the Raspberry Pi, for folks that are into that. Um, this is the episode that we were talking about on Tom's hardware. Uh, Joey has this really neat uh, crowd supply. We're a backer of this watch. This is the uh, watch. It's CircuitPython compatible. I love seeing it'll him be work one on of the it. First, yeah, it'll be one of the first uh, uh, CircuitPython-powered wristwatches. Um, and then the thing I wanted to show, um, besides all the projects, so I guess I should scroll through these really quick. There's, there's too many projects every single week. We're at, we are at that point, so I have to pick one thing each week. Um, there's a bunch of macro pads. I think that's one of the things nice. to, uh, to, to check out. Um, but the thing that I picked this week was the uh, trailer for the CircuitPython show. Okay. So I'm going to play the trailer, and uh, please check it out. Man, this guy, this this um, mailing was jam packed. Yeah, this is. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so here we go. I'm gonna play the trailer, and then uh, that'll be our Circuit Python and Python on Hardware News this week. Welcome to the Circuit Python Show, an independent podcast hosted by me, Paul Cutler. Each episode, I'll have an interview with someone in or around the CircuitPython community. In season one, I'll be talking to Katni Rembor, Professor John Gallagher, Todd Kurt, and more guests to be announced. Season one of the CircuitPython show starts the first week of March. You can find more information about the show at circuitpythonshow.com or follow the show on Twitter at CircuitPyShow. That's CircuitPYShow. Use your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe today. And that is Python on Hardware. We're like Marvel now, where this is like the multiverse trailer just just dropped. So well, two, there's a lot of variants two, of CircuitPython two, two more, Two more weeks. Yeah. Okay, let's do uh, open source news and more. Um, we're an open source hardware company. We were just talking about that to prove it. We have 2,624 guides. We had a lot of guides this week, too. Yeah, so this... Uh, this is the guides that we just published. Lady Data, what's on the big board this week? Okay, um, well, we've updated a couple of guides. Uh, so the Feather Huzzah ESP8266. So this is actually very exciting. This this Feather, actually, the guide got a page on Whippersnapper uh, implement, like how to install a Whippersnapper because we're ready to have more people join in. And a lot of people buy their hardware from us and then they're like, what can I do with it? Well, now in the guide, they'll tell you how to install Whippersnapper so you can have a no-code IoT um, installation, you can get sensors, buttons, LEDs, and stuff working immediately um, with your Huzzah ESP8266, which is super exciting. 
Um, Eva also published a guide on um, using the KB2040 with the Gherkin 30% keyboard. Uh, just good enough to be kind of useless, but you can still kind of type stuff on it. Um, I think these are adorable keyboards. Um, I think we updated the guide on the MCP 4725. It's now QTified. We've re revised the board to be semi-QT compatible. And we've got a bunch more new guides. Yep. Um, from Noe, Pedro, and Liz, we've got the Party Parrot Zoetrope. So this is interesting because it's Zoetropes, um, you know, they just spin and they flash an LED, but this one uses NeoPixels to flash different colored LEDs. Uh, and they showed how they built the whole thing with 3D printed parts and a cricket. Um, it's a really nice little robotics project. It's kind of intermediate based. After you've built a basic little rover, you can make a Zoetrope. Uh, Charlene did a really cool project called the Exercise Buddy, which um, uses the LED glasses driver, actually, which is a Circuit Playground, Circuit Python compatible blue fruit board, and it has an accelerometer in it. And so what she did is, you know, with a little bit of battery, because it's got a built-in battery charger, um, she 3D printed a case, taped it to the um, inside of her exercise bike wheel, and it can detect when she's pedaling, and when she stops pedaling, it pauses um, the video she's watching. It sends, like, the pause um, remote control command. So uh, she can use this to, uh, you know, watch a movie while she's pedaling um, and kind of keep her from stop. Sometimes you get so excited by the movie, you sort of stop. Um, this will kind of inspire her to keep pedaling. Uh, the more you pedal, the more you get to watch. So that's, that's good. Uh, Katni did a guide for the new ADXL 375 high G accelerometer um, with I squared C, Arduino and SPI support. And for the iLights, we now have display IO support. Thank you for the community for helping out. I know Mark worked on it. I know a bunch of people worked on it. Um, you can now drive it with CircuitPython directly. Thank you so much for picking that up and running with it and getting it to work. So it's now in the guide. All right, let's do some factory footage. And it wouldn't be factory footage unless you could see some of the weather and some of the view outside our window. This is the uh, Disney building across the street, slowly emerging. Soon it will block out the sun. Yeah. I heard, you know, there was two bits of Disney news today. One was like, oh, it was so cool. Like Pixar, they, they, did, they didn't have a copy of Toy Story 2 and there is this woman, she happened to be on maternity leave, she had a copy, and now she's uh, the director of like the new Buzz Lightyear. And then the other Disney story I saw was they're going to have like giant communities of Disney villages for adults, kind of like what they were going to do in Epcot. So huh. 
This is starting is to turn an old into. Is idea? It is. It, this is Disney. They keep redoing it. Yeah, Disney, um, in the wonderful world of Disney, when they were talking about Epcot, the idea is people would live there. And that was so cool. Um, oh, like in the, in the Epcot Center? That was, the idea was going to be like a community That's where people so like lived and the, 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 the staff lived there. People in the 60s loved domes. They're just like, we were, put humans in domes. Yeah. Round things. Toodaloops. Because the toodaloops. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of like Logan's Run imagery yeah. uh, back in the day. Okay, let's do uh, some 3D printing. Okay, we're going to play these videos back to back. The first one is the video from Noam Pedro. This is the um, spinny thing that Lady was talking about. And then we have a speed up. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making a party parrot zoetrope. A zoetrope is an animation display that gives the illusion of motion by displaying a sequence of frames that progress over time. We were inspired to design a zoetrope with 3D printed parts and edge lit acrylic. It's powered by the Adafruit Cricut and the Feather M4 running Circuit Python. It uses a DC motor and a photo interrupter to trigger a NeoPixel whenever the sensor detects a break. Each acrylic panel is slotted into the top cover and cycles through different colors in a list. There's 10 panels and each one has an engraving of a single frame from the Party Parrot animation. The T-slot photo interrupter is mounted to the side of the enclosure and the NeoPixel is mounted on the other end right below the acrylic. Each time the sensor detects a break, the NeoPixel changes color. There's an encoder ring on the top cover that has notches and passes through the sensor. In motion, the top cover spins freely like a carousel and keeps the acrylic panels in place. The DC motor has a gear that engages an internal gear in the center opening of the top cover. With CircuitPython, you can easily make projects with motors, NeoPixels, and sensors. In the code, a list of colors are set up as each frame of the party pair animation. The loop begins by starting the motor, and whenever the sensor detects a break, the NeoPixel color is updated to the next color in the array. Be sure to check out the guide for a full tutorial on building this project. We hope this inspires you to check out Adafruit Cricut and CircuitPython for your next project. Okay, and if you want to learn how to make all this stuff and more, turn into turn into <laughs> turn it turn into a three D printer and then print yourself now. What? <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of it's a it's a science fiction story. Um, tune into three D Hangouts every single Wednesday at eleven a.m. All right, uh, let's uh, do I on MPI. Okay.
Okay, this week's Ion MPI brought to you by DigiKey and Ada Fruits from CNK. Lady Ada, what is this week's Ion MPI? This week's Ion MPI for the CNK ENC Optical Rotary Encoder. Um, I always love to show people how to make their products more reliable. Um, one of the things about doing maker electronics is like I get to work with a lot of low cost components, um, but that makes me very well aware of what um, the limitations are of low cost components and when you want to step it up and use something a little nicer. Uh, so this week's product is a very beautiful photo of the um, optical encoder with a little JST-SH connector as well. So this is uh, a rotary encoder. There's, I think, a 16 and a 24 um, pulse per rotation version. And uh, they use an optical sensor inside instead of a mechanical sensor. Um, and this makes it really good for, um, you know, the typical applications are like, um, automotive, industrial, test equipment, and medical equipment. And I think these are actually you know, pretty good examples of when you want to use an optical encoder because I actually have a, um, my uh, old tech scope that I got, you know, now it's 15, 20 years ago, um, but the rotary encoder on it has gotten really flaky. And the rotary encoder is the, the one that you may use, this channel one, uh, zoom one. And so it actually really makes it like kind of sad to use um, the oscilloscope because this rotary encoder is busted because it's a mechanical rotary encoder, not an optical one. And so if you're basically, if you're working on something that's gonna be like more than a thousand bucks, go with an optical encoder and not a mechanical one because you don't want to have like your very nice industrial or medical or test equipment uh, product fail because of like a $2 mechanical component going bad. Um, so a lot of people know rotary encoders, uh, you know, they kind of, they've been around for a bit, but like, I think the iPod classic is what a lot of people think of when they think of rotary encoders. Um, and I even have a, a, a click wheel encoder that I can show cause it's a really good way to understand how, um, rotary encoders function. The most common rotary encoders people tend to use are sort of the PEC 11 style. Um, these are five, five or six pin. Uh, mechanical rotary encoders, they're very inexpensive. They're like a dollar or two. Uh, they solder directly into the PCB. Um, they have a little uh, D-shaft knob and um, the way they work as, is as you twist them, the common pin gets connected, disconnected from the two side pins in a grid code. And by keeping track of these pulses, uh, you can tell whether it's going forward or backwards um, and how many times it's been clicked. Um, oh, sorry, can you go back one? Uh, so actually, let me go to the overhead because this is where I was going to do my overhead show off. Okay, so this is your standard, uh, you know, PEC 11 type encoder. Um, so you've got the shaft and, you know, the nice thing is unlike a potentiometer, it goes all the way around with about 20-ish pulses, uh, clicky detents uh, per rotation. So these are often actually, you know, you'll, you'll probably have one on your stereo or in your car um, to, or uh, any other device where you have to kind of scroll through something um, because you can rotate kind of forever and it's good for, um, you know, you can go one detent at a time to slow down or, you know, mechanically you can kind of spin it very fast um, to scroll down uh, quickly through a list. And um, like I mentioned, uh, you know, this is, uh, these two pins are for the button. There's a little um, push button. But the, the rotary encoder part that people are familiar with is this three pin uh, setup here where these two pins connect and disconnect from the center pin um, as it rotates. So that's, that's all good and everything. Um, and this is a, um, a click wheel uh, breakout that we have. And so, you know, this rotates and clicks around and I removed it so you could see what's going on. Inside, there's this little, you know, leaf spring contact. And you can see it's got these little like touch pad, like bendy parts that come down. 
And um, as this rotates, you see there's a little uh, pattern in um, cut into the, the bottom contacts. And as this rotates, it connects and disconnects. And like that connection disconnection is how it can, can count um, the rotations, which is wonderful, right? But here's the problem. And here's also why the, the touch wheel, the click wheel isn't used. Now it's it turned into a capacitive wheel on the iPod is these little um, copper contacts, you know, they're rated for, you know, let's say they're really good quality. They're rated for, oh, you know, 500,000, maybe a million, you know, um, contacts. Um, that's a lot for a button. You don't usually press a button that many times, but it's really easy to spin a rotary encoder around a lot. And every time you rotate it, that's 24 times two contacts. So it's like 50 contact rotations. Let's say it's rotated 10 times a day because it's something that's being used often. You do the math, and I did the math. It's basically three to five years you're likely to have a contact failure. Um, and again, it's a downer, especially if it's a solder in type, because to rework these is a real pain. Like, you have to desolder, and it's not easy. Um, this one even had a uh, mechanical um, tabs that I removed to make this breadboard friendly. But it's like, it's a rework job. It's not, it's not something that you can use or service. It's not even a service center job. You have to usually send it to an expert who can desolder and repair, um, which is why I've been, you know, I've been waiting around to, to fix my, um, the rotary encoder of my, uh, my oscilloscope. Um, so it's nice about the optical encoders is it doesn't have that mechanical part because this is, a, this is a common thing. If you have old stuff with rotary encoders, even if there's no dust that got into it, the contacts will eventually fail. With an optical encoder, it uses an LED and two sensors or a sensor and two LEDs instead. So there's no contact failure. Um, so they're much, much more durable. Like you don't have to worry about 50,000, 100,000 rotations. I mean, it's gonna wear out like the mechanical bumps before anything electrical fails inside. And in addition, this has a uh, user replaceable or at least service center replaceable um, GST SH component. You can plug it in and unplug it um, very easily to uh, swap out the component, uh, which is what this part is. Uh, so just. Uh, be aware you'll need to get a separate cable for this um, to plug it in. They suggest, uh, you know, this is the, the part number and um, DigiKey has the cable in stock. You can get the cable and then you can have it plug into your setup. So these are very nice. They're not going to fail on you after a couple years. Um, definitely for automotive, for medical, for test equipment, anything that's like if you don't want to have to deal with them sending it in for repair after three to five years and a lot of products that are on the higher end do have service contracts or people expect quality. If you're, if you're buying a $4,000 oscilloscope, you want it to last a long time and it's a real bummer if it, if it fails because of a, of a cheap rotary encoder. So you get an optical encoder. They're very nice. Um, they work exactly the same and um, they won't fail on you. So right. check out the CNK part in stock at DigiKey. And that's high on MPI. High on MPI. Okay, we're gonna jump right into new products, but first, the code is VEML, V-E-M-L. Use it on checkout, 10% off the native fruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m., or if I fall asleep before that, might have a couple extra hours, but I wouldn't bet on that. Don't count on it. Who knows? All right, next, yeah. new, new products. New, 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 All right, first up, uh, good news. Uh, well, not for long, though. We have Grand Central's back in stock, but I think um, people are buying up really fast because we didn't have them in stock because know, like global park shortage. So anyways, um, get them while you can. 
And uh, you can actually even get 10% off right we now. We have the ones with headers. I think the ones without headers, we're still waiting to get yeah. them. There's not a popular, but um, I know people are waiting for these. Uh, we ordered the SAMD51 P20s a year ago, and they finally came in. Yeah. So we're starting to, to manufacture. You'll see a couple things that have been out of stock for like a year um, come in because everything had 52-week lead time, and we're like, okay, we'll order now. And that was a year ago, yeah. uh, and it's been 52 weeks. Here we go. Um, we've got this Grove pigtail cable. So this is um, a cable that you can use to plug into um, devices with Grove connectors. I even have one I can show off. Hold on. One second. Uh, can you go to the overhead real fast and I'll show it just yeah. because it's, a, it's an interesting connector. Just show it off. Um, so this is your handy dandy, uh, this is like a Grove Feather particle adapter. Uh, so you may have seen these connectors, these are Grove connectors from Seed, uh, and they're used for digital analog and I squared C. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I wanna make my own custom cables or extend them or adapt or whatever. Uh, so this is the um, cable that plugs in and it's even got the little latchy bit. So this is kind of the nice thing. I know you can sometimes shove JST PHs in there, um, but this pigtail uh, you know, just has bare wires on the end. So it's great if you want to make your own custom cable. We also have an adapter cable from Grove to Stemma QT or Quick if you happen to need that particular cable. But if you're, uh, you just want to make your own, um, this will also do the job. Okay. Next up. Uh, next up, another pigtail cable. This is a Molex. You know, there's a part number to this, but it's just called like a Molex IDE or floppy drive cable. Um, so we're using this stuff because we're trying to do floppy things and we need sometimes 12 and 5 volt power. A lot of people have power supplies or you can get a floppy power supply or a, a disk drive power supply. Uh, and this will just break it out for you. You get two grounds. Uh, the red wire is 5 volts and the yellow wire is 12 volts. Also really handy for making your own wire harnesses uh, to connect to those high power power supplies. Okay, and then uh, it's finally here. Keep, keep, keep. Let's write it. Yeah. So we have all these characters for, you know, a lot of our stuff, and people assume we're doing NFTs. We're not. It's just a fun character for this board. The KB2040. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's funny is we came up with that character before NFTs. Did, yeah. Right? Now, yeah. But now that's the style. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you made a character. Yeah, I know, I know. It's I know. not. It's just a you happy can, character. You can right-click and save it. You always could, always will Please be. do. Yeah. Uh, he's a very friendly keyboard. Yeah. Um, so this is the KB2040 board, which we've had for a while, but now it's in pink. Um, I talked to our board house. We gave them a Pantone shade. And we're going to try to get all of our RP2040 boards to come in a beautiful pink color with black highlighting. Um, which is kind of Adafruit shade. And it's extra good for this one because if it's gonna be like a keyboard, it's piggy. Uh, pink is a piggy color. So yeah. uh, this is a great board for um, if you have keyboards that you are using like a Pro Micro with, but you want something more powerful, you can run CircuitPython on this, you can run MicroPython on it. Hey, I just subscribed. There's a QMK pull request to add RP2040 support to QMK, cool. which is going to be massive because QMK is what like, it has like 13,000 pull requests. Everyone uses QMK for their keyboards. Uh, so having the RP2040, you know, this is a chip that's available right now during the shortage. It's a powerful chip. It's yeah. a fast chip. Um, it's going to really make these keyboards fly. And uh, in addition to all the Pro Micro pins you know and love, uh, it's got USB-C, it's got Stemma QT, so you get extra two pins. So you can do a 10 by 10 keyboard array if you'd like. 
Uh, it comes with header, it's got castellated pads, you can short the USB if you want more power, if you want to skip the fuse. And they bring out the two USB data pins. Um, could be handy if you're doing like a really funky wiring setup and you really want uh, to have the USB port totally separate from the board. Yeah, and you, um you get to keep this graphic for free. And, and <laughs> you can right-click on that graphic and download it. Yeah. And give it to friends and um, it's fine. funge it all you want. Yeah. Okay. Funge away. All right. And then the start of the show tonight, besides you, Lady, at our community, our staff, our customers, all the folks that help keep this thing going is... The Vemel. Vemel 7700. Uh, this is a standby QTification, but with a twist. Uh, so this sensor actually comes in two part numbers. Uh, one is like the vertical type and one is the horizontal type. And this is the right angle, I guess the horizontal version. So if you see the sensor, see that little pink purplish square in the middle there? The sensor points out. Most of our light sensors point up off of the board. And this one sort of points parallel to the board. This could be very helpful if you're doing like some sensing through a slit or if you have to mount it in a certain way or you're like, you know, trying to measure something passing by. Um, not sure what, but I thought it would be kind of handy. And uh, while we were at it, we stem QTified the whole thing. So you can plug and play it with all of our uh, I2C boards, like the KB2040, which has a stem QT port. On also, the end. cool thing, Catney Edition. It's a Catney Edition. Catney worked on this board, uh, and she also has been doing so much work with the stem QTification. She gets to have her signature on the back of this. It's another uh, in thing gold. that I think is kind of cool is, you know, electronics can have the people that make it. People made electronics. That's right. Kenny and made this. Kenny made now this. Now you know. All right. uh, so check this out. This is a great low-cost uh, Lux sensor, and we're probably going to add it to our giveaway, our freebie giveaway, because it's uh, such a handy yep. one. And that's new product. <laughs> Okay, well, don't forget, you can uh, save a buck or two on the way out. Um, let's do some top secret. Load up your questions. I saw a couple yeah. in Discord, but uh, go over to adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 33,000 of us. We'll do the questions right after some top secret. Let's do some top secret. Okay. Ooh, we've been in the vault a lot lately, and there's going to be a lot of boards coming out soon. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Um, so top secret, I'm going to show this little time lapse. Um, do you want to talk about what this is? This is a part that you just got. Oh, this is the VL53L1X to VL53L4CD conversion. Um, so, you know, ST's been coming out with a lot more variants of their really popular time of flight boards uh, sensors. And so, uh, because it's pin compatible and we got uh, a reel of the VL53L C, which is like a very short range time of flight sensor. Um, I just, this is what it looks like when I hot air a part off and hot air another part oh. on, and it's a great way to Here's test. Time lapse. Man, this one's hot off the press. We just did this right before we came to the office. It's a little tiny LCD. It's so cute. 
This is a very small uh, three-character, seven-segment display. I got some of these adorable samples. Well, there's like one big mama seven-segment, a lot of little dual ones, and this is a uh, triple. So it's um, funny here is I'm driving this directly from pins on the microcontroller. You do see a little bit of ghosting, but there is an app note from Atmel, uh, AVR241, on how to directly drive LCD displays. And, like, you can do it. Um, I mean, you need a lot of pins. Uh, usually you have a chip or a special peripheral um, to do this, but I just have it hooked up here to a uh, Cutie Pie SAMD21 and just counting up the numbers. Um, the most fun thing here is it's not what you think where there's like seven segments and three commons. There's actually four commons, six segment pins, and they're like split in half. But um, it does work with a little bit of ghosting, but uh, definitely legible. Hot. And then here's the... Uh I guess you want to call it first article inspection. Yeah, this is the first article. And one of the things we do is after we have the first board come out, usually I do visual inspection. The person running the line does visual inspection. And then we write G on the back for gold. And this because this is actually something people ask us. They're like, okay, you make testers. But then how do you test the tester? Who watches yeah. the watcher? Um, the gold does. The gold yeah. is how we test the tester. Um, the gold is, you know, visually inspected, personally inspected, and then also... A tester inspected and then we keep that with the tester so that um, when the tester fails or is acting flaky we can check it against the gold to make sure yeah all right and then we have the cutie pie uh, esp32 tester mm. and uh, then the board so we're going to show this what is this this is a cutie pie esp32 uh this is a prototype so i got some backwards text but the final pcbs are going to be showing up in a couple days so i thought i'd get started on the tester and uh like the other cutie pie esp32 s2 tester i'm using a raspberry pi and the reason i'm using a raspberry pi is one i can run esp tool from it and so it's like really easy to uh program the chip directly because uh, this is Linux. And the second thing is what I do is um, after I've tested all the GPIO, I test the Wi-Fi and I check the signal strength um, and the MAC address to make sure it's the right device. And that way I know that the antenna got soldered on correctly and all the passive components. So this is pass test and this is ready to go. And then we get the boards in. Coming soon. We have a bunch of uh, hardware coming out, but these should be in the store maybe in a week or two, maybe two weeks, yep. three weeks. And that's top secret for the week. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Okay, we're going to roll right into questions, and then we're going to skedaddle. Questions Hit that me. came We're perfect in. on time. Look at it. Yeah, we're, we're exactly doing pretty good. Nine o'clock. Okay, so uh, here's the questions that came in so far, and uh, I think I'll answer the first one. Question, my kid got me a gift Ada box for the holidays. It's just a single box, and I'm looking forward to this spring. I'm concerned that the list is closed. I'm not signed up yet for a subscription past the gifted box. Does the gifted box guarantee me a spot for the summer box? So here's what you do. Sign up to get notified when there's an opening. That way you have the choice of getting on to the spring Ada box, or um, you can get on the summer Ada box after that. There's, there's, there's always a, there's a couple of people who always, they, they, their payment expires or they move, yeah. and so after the box there's usually a few openings. Yeah, if you want to get the summer one, there'll be slots open right after the spring ones. If you want to get the spring ones, sign up now. You might get notified right when we ship those. So the answer is probably yes. Yes. Um, but you'll get you'll get something no matter what. Do sign the, up though. We do notify them when there's slots yeah, open. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a little bit of the the feast and famine, uh, like all things electronic right now, because um, there's not a lot of parts. Not a lot of parts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
folks want to see more uh, pink boards. You got it. So, yeah, we're going to do that. I want to do more colors, too. I was thinking, yeah. like, like, teal and mint green. I think mint green is a good color. Okay, I'm trying to add, uh, I think that's a, that I, L2, R2, buttons to the PSP 1000 series joysticks on my Pi Girl Zero using a Zero 02W, and I don't know how to do it. I'm trying to add L2, R2 buttons and PSP, that's the same thing. Okay, they put the same thing. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's GPIO available. Um, more buttons can just hook up to the GPIO, and then we have a script um, that you run. So, like, mechanically, that's the hard part, but then you just go to some of the free GPIO, and I know that there's extras. Then in the program that we use to generate the keystrokes from the buttons, you'll just add that GPIO and then, like, make a new entry for the key um, that you want to add. Okay. Um, Todd helped out with this one, um, so I'll probably just repeat the answer, but uh, this person was saving CircuitPython code to a Feather M0 Express, includes libraries to run an SSD 1306 OLED. I believe there wasn't enough memory. Does that seem right? And uh, the answer is yes, it's too small for CircuitPython 7. You could do it in CircuitPython 6, though specifically not enough RAM. Yeah, the Feather, so CircuitPython's gotten bigger and more feature-filled, and one of the side effects is the M0, which was the really minimal board, um, it has difficulty now with some of that code. One thing I'll say is, while you might not be able to use display I.O., you might be able to use um, the raw non-display I.O. SSD 1306 um, library. It was the old frame buff style. Um, it used to work, but yeah, it's been a while. I haven't tried it lately. The Feather M0 Express is, it can do stuff, but like displays do take up a lot of memory because you have to buffer the whole display. So, yeah. This is a good example of the uh, skateboard analogy. Todd did a trick, you did a trick, and this person gets uh, a lot of help, yeah. and they understand all the things that we're doing, Yeah. and uh, now they can decide which, which processor is right for them for the thing they're doing. Yeah, it's like if you have an old laptop, it's like, you know, you may not be able to play the newest games, you might, and even like Microsoft Word gets more and more bloated, like, you know, it gets bigger yeah. and bigger. Microsoft Word on the Windows 3.1 computer of my youth is not the same Microsoft Word that runs on, you know, a Windows 10 machine now, it's massive. All right, uh, MTO asks, and some people already respond, this is Good chat tonight. Um, my son wants to learn a program and I know we'll start ideas. And the uh, suggestion was Python, and you can get a Circuit Playground Express and then you use the MakeCode uh, programming blocks. MakeCode's so, fun. Yeah, so one thing, if you have a Circuit Playground Express from Adafruit, you could go to um, makecode.adafruit.com and then you could get started with moving all these blocks around. And that gets the concept of like, oh, if, then, and something happens, and here's something visual that I can see, and it automatically runs on the board, and yeah. it's, it's made specifically for that. It's using schools, it's really popular, but if you use the Circuit Playground Express, you can always kind of flip the switch, literally, sort of, by dropping other code on it, and now it's Python, or it can be Arduino, or it can be a lot of different things. So I think that's a good start. Um, some folks have suggested LEGO Mindstorms, the EV3 platform with the first uh, LEGO League. Um, folks have suggested Python Code Academy. Um, and Python or CircuitPython, like the CircuitPython Express mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, Megan Hacken has a compliment for the um, question and the answers about the uh, space on the M0. And I'm going to get to the next question now. Ada for keyboard, can you connect a USB keyboard and an Arduino to do different commands based on keys? So I don't know that Arduino has USB host capabilities. Like you can't connect another keyboard to it over USB. Um, what you can do is use it, what it's designed for is to make keyboards from scratch. Usually you have all the keys and you 
um, you listen to the key switches and then you emit the key codes. Um, if you want to read from an HID keyboard, I think, um, honestly, your best bet right now is a Teensy 3.6. That's what I've used um, because it has a separate USB port for reading keyboards. Okay, uh, what's the best, simplest, fairly efficient way to ensure the proper voltage? I fried NeoPixel by accidentally plugging into 12 volt uh, DC. I want to step down or simply block the wrong voltage suggestions. It's really, really hard. Um, you know, there are circuits that can do, you know, voltage protection, um, over voltage, under voltage protection. We use it on some of our boards. Um, so for example, like the Cricut has an under and over voltage protection circuit uh, to make sure you don't put too much voltage into your motors or too little. Um, I think all the RGB matrix hat also has a, a chip that we use, but it's actually like kind of hard to do, to be honest. Um, you know, traditionally, this is why we always had a regulator so that, you know, no matter what you put in, it would always be dropped down. But it's, you know, once you start making stuff, it's very, it's very easy to plug things in backwards. It's an unfortunate lesson that happens as yep. part of making. I still do it sometimes and it's, it sucks, <laughs> but um, it's, you learned something, right? Next up. Uh, I noticed one of the temp sensor data sheets, the AHT20, it says that I need to be, uh, it needs to be re rehydrated for a certain amount of time over a certain humidity. Is this done on a breakout board that you, we carry? Is it a problem if it isn't done? We don't rehydrate our sensors. Um, however, leaving it like outside, you know, just leaving it in a room, uh, it will slowly rehydrate. It might be a couple days. I'll say the HD20, it's not high precision you know, humidity sensor. So, you know, there's going to be some variation. Um, you'll, you'll still get, you'll still see the number go up and down. It just might not be like accurate to the percentage. Um, but if you're using it, it will slowly rehydrate over time just by being outside um, and not in an oven. Okay. Uh, can I sort sensors, boards, or X by price? Not yet. So we have almost like 4,000 products. And then within each category, of products, there's a lot of range. So like sensors, it could be almost anything. And then there's out of stock, in stock. So we have an update coming for our site that's gonna have a lot more filter and a lot more search things. So check out, uh, we'll make a, a big deal out of it. It'll be on our site and we'll, it'll be on our blog and we'll also uh, probably break some things and fix a lot of things. So check out the update that's coming soon, but it is a, it is a challenge. It was a lot easier when we only had 10 products. Now we yeah, have, we have like 5,000. Um, next up. Uh, I think, I think we got them. Okay. More, more votes for starting off with make code. Cool. Yeah. Make code and scratch are, are a great way to, yeah. to kick it off. And you know, you know, some people like it, some people don't, but it's, it's free and it's easy. Uh, make code arcade is also very popular. Yeah. Okay. I think that's going to be, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, the Adafruit great search. Yeah, we're going to have to start doing that. Like, how do we search? Yeah, our I know it is a yeah. little bit of a sort, sort uh, by PCB color. You know what we should do on CircuitPython.org/downloads is yeah. start to have it by board color. Yeah, it's important. You have to accessorize. I'd like to see all pink boards. You only want to see the pink boards, no, only the blue boards, yeah. the green boards. Okay. Uh, what if they have multiple colors? Let's, uh, let's wrap up the show. Well, thank okay, you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. That's the show for tonight. Um, that was our questions. Zoom. Um, but stick around, you know, in the chat and everything. We got a lot done. We're hanging out. That was a, that was a, Jam that was a nutritionally dense mm. show. 
Um, don't forget the code is Vimmel. 10% off the native restore. Uh, Zay, thank you. Zay's running uh, the show as a slack behind the scenes tonight. Sweet. And uh, thanks to all the community members, all the team members that have been helping out. Thanks to the customers that keep us going. And then um, I thought what we could do is uh, do a, a very special sending you get well and good vibes to Chris Young, who, uh, from what I understand, was briefly in the hospital, but he's out today. Yeah. So I'm, what I'm going to do is uh, find the time code of this URL. Yes. And I'm going to send it to Chris. I'm going to say, Chris, I'm sending all sorts of good thoughts your way. I don't know if it works, but I do it every single time. We're sending, I'm sending infrared vibes because he's always hacking on infrared stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and then everyone in the chat, you know, uh, have some good thoughts for Chris. Um, he's a very important and uh, a treasured member. Tre treasured member of the Adafruit community. And uh, sounds like he's on the mend, which is good. So that's the best time to continue okay. to give someone super nice vibes cool. across ether. So um, I'll send you, I'm going to send you this thing right after the show, Chris. All right. So Happy we'll see everybody uh, next week and uh, have a good evening, everybody. Thanks everybody. Here have a great night. Have a great your week. your moment. Oh yeah. This was an Adafruit production. Oh, right. I don't need to even say it. I just like saying it. <laughs> it's like the credits of the scroll. All right. Here's your moment of Zener. Thank you.